Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Mr. Vince Beiser will join us to discuss the story of sand. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Well, sand. Who would guess it's one of our most consumed natural resources? It's in every concrete building and paved road on Earth, and we're running out of it. Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Mr. Vince Beiser. He's an award-winning writer whose work has appeared in numerous outlets, including Wired, Harper's, The Atlantic, Mother Jones, and he's penned the new book, The World in a Grain, The Story of Sand and How It Transformed Civilization. And Mr. Beiser, we're very pleased to have you today on the Grox Science Show. Well, thanks. It's great to be here. I'm curious, you know, sand, how did that come on your radar? You know, I just kind of stumbled across it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a freelance journalist. I'm always looking for a good story. And uh, I read a lot of, you know, sort of weird offbeat publications. And I just ran across something on a little environmental website, a little article that, that told me two things. Number one was, as you said, that sand is the most consumed natural resource in the world after water and air. So that really made me sit up and take notice because I was like, well, what? I never even thought of sand as a natural resource. I've never even thought about it at all, really. And then the second piece was that we are using up so much of it that we're stripping riverbeds and beaches bare all over the world, causing huge environmental damage. And in some places, organized crime has even gotten into the trade. And hundreds of people have been murdered over sand. And I just thought that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. I'd never you know, imagined that sand could be so important. So started looking into it, and one rabbit hole led to another, and uh, here we are. I think a lot of people would just think sand. It's, it's everywhere, but is it? I mean, what, what is the sand we're talking about, and why is it such a hot commodity that organized crime wants it? Yeah, so the thing is, so there is, of course, a lot of sand in the world. It's, it's, in fact, the most abundant thing on the planet. But we are using it up at an unbelievable rate, and the reason for that is we use sand for lots of different things, but the main thing that we use it for is concrete. And if you stop and think about concrete, just if you look at your window, uh, you'll see concrete is everywhere, right? It's every shopping mall, every apartment block, every office tower uh, that's being built anywhere in the world is made out of concrete. And concrete is basically just sand and gravel that's been glued together with cement. So every building that you see uh, just about is, is an enormous pile of sand. So we are using, as a result of that, uh, the, the amount, as a result of all the building that's going on around the world, we're using something on the order of 50 billion tons of sand every year, which is enough to cover the entire state of California two inches deep, right? Now, there's a lot of sand in the world, of course, but when you start using quantities that, that large, you start really running into problems. So it means that in places like, especially in the developing world, where cities are really just growing like crazy, where millions and millions of people are pouring out of the countryside and into cities like 
Delhi and Mumbai and Beijing and uh, Jakarta, where they're building cities at a, at a speed that's and at, at a scale that's never happened before in human history, the demand for sand is really, really intense. And there's so much money in it that uh, it's attracted organized crime. There's a, and there's a black market for sand, believe it or not. Is it some special kind of sand that, that everyone wants? It's, it's not especially high quality sand. It's really, the thing about sand is you just, you need a lot of it, right? I mean, for your average, just for your average home, your average American home, you need about 400 tons of sand. And to build a, you know, even a small public building like a hospital or a post office, you need something on the order of 3,000 tons. Just one mile of highway takes about 15,000 tons of sand. So the thing is, you need huge amounts of the stuff. So the problem becomes when you start pulling out that much sand from the bottom of a river or the bottom of a lake or digging it up from on land, you start really doing some environmental damage uh, in a pretty big hurry, right? You, you do a lot of damage to whatever was living in that river or lake, whatever fish or shellfish and plant life was in there. So you just can't do that everywhere. So there are a lot of, uh, so in a lot of places, of course, sand mining is banned or it's really restricted so that, you know, you don't destroy the ecosystems of those places where the crime piece comes in is in two ways. Criminals, gangs just come in and say, well, I don't care if this river is a, you know, protected, environmentally protected area. It's got a lot of good sand in it. I'll just dig up all the sand and sell it to builders in Delhi um, and make a lot of money because it's, it's very close by and I can get it really cheap. And or they just outright steal sand sometimes. Believe it or not, entire stretches of beach have been stolen in places like Jamaica. Um, and you also have places like I, I tell the story in the book of, of a village in, uh, in, in India, which is very typical of what's happening there, where basically it's a little village about an hour south of Delhi. And Delhi, of course, is, is exploding. There's huge demand for sand for construction there. So this sand mafia, as they call them, um, came to town, seized about 200 acres of the village's land ripped up all the crops, stripped off all the topsoil, and just started mining out the sand to sell in Delhi. Well, one of the village leaders came to them and said, you can't do this. This is our land. You are, you're stealing our land. This is illegal. Stop it. And they said, we're not going to stop it. What are you going to do about it? So he went around, tried to get the local police, the local government to take action, uh, wouldn't stop trying to get in their way. So this, the sand miner said to him, look, if you're really starting to annoy us. If you don't cut it out, we're going to kill you. He didn't stop. He kept trying to get them shut down. And a week after he was threatened, three guys burst into his house and shot him dead in his own bed. That kind of thing has happened. There are dozens and dozens of cases very much like that uh, that have happened in India and in a bunch of other countries around the world. It's, it's just an issue of demand. There is so much demand because of the sheer volume that we need that... Um, that there's, uh, you know, that, that this black market has been created. So how, how are we coping with it? What are the sources of sand, the legal sources, and are, are we going to run out anytime soon? Yeah, well, so how we're coping with it is, on a global scale, not very well. I mean, here in the United States, there is some uh, environmental damage that, that happens as a result of sand mining, definitely. But it's not too bad, by and large, because we have, we have a pretty decent system of rules and regulations and of, and of enforcement for those. Um, it's, it's in much of the developing world that it's really a big problem where you have really massive environmental damage happening 
and laws that are either being ignored uh, or that just don't exist in the first place. So it's a very big problem. Um, and and uh, it, it's on track to get worse because, like I said, what's driving it is, is the growth of cities. So just to give you an idea, in 1950, there were only about 750 million people living in cities around the world. Today, there's about 4 billion people living in cities, right? And remember, cities are mostly made out of concrete. They're mostly made out of sand. And we are adding the equivalent of eight New York cities to the world every single year. So it means that we're having to dig up more and more sand. Um, we're having to do more and more damage to get it. And we're having to go further and further afield to get it. So not only does that create environmental problems, it also drives up the price. So for instance, here in California, where I live, about, according to the state government, about one third of, our, of the counties in California are gonna run out of sand in the next 10, 20 years. Which means, of course, there's more sand uh, in other parts of the state and other parts of the country, but it means that we have to truck it in from much, much further away, which drives the price way up. The price of sand in the United States has about quintupled in the last 20, 30 years. And that's one of the reasons, I'm sure, why the price of housing keeps going up, because, of course, sand is one of the major inputs into construction. So the first things that we're, that we're already seeing is just the price is going to go up. And if it keeps going up, we can't live without concrete. And if the price of concrete you know, doubles or triples, that can have serious consequences for all of us. I mean, at some point, will it outpace some other materials like wood or, or where's the sort of limit to it? Well, limit, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, of we're not going to, we're not in danger of completely running out of sand, right? It's not going to be like, like the road warrior where we have gangs, biker gangs fighting for the last little piles of sand grains on earth. That's not going to happen. But it's, it's similar to what's happening with, with oil and gas, right? There's still a lot of oil and gas left in the planet. But the problem is that the stuff that's easiest to get to, the stuff that's easiest and cheapest to get to is pretty much tapped out. So we're having to, to go further and further and go to more and more extreme measures to get the stuff that's left, right? That's why we have to do, we're doing things like fracking to get oil or why we're doing things like deep sea uh, oil drilling, you know, in the Gulf of Mexico and places like that, drilling miles under the ocean to get oil um, because, you know, the easy stuff is pretty much gone. And a very similar thing is happening with sand, right? Most of the stuff that's the easiest to get to is pretty much tapped out and we're having to go further and further and do more and more damage to get the stuff that's, that's left. So in the long run, uh, if we can't come up with, uh, with alternative, with alternative uh, materials or alternative ways to build, or most importantly, if we can't figure out a way to just build our cities more sustainably by using fewer natural resources, we're going to run into very serious problems. Because, of course, it's not just sand that's a problem, right? We all, we've all heard this, that we're, we're running out, we're using too much fresh water. We're, using, we're cutting down too many trees. We're fishing too many fish out of the ocean. All of these things are just symptoms of, of a bigger problem, which is that our whole, our way of life is just simply unsustainable. We just, we, and by we, I mean we here in the United States and, and other wealthy countries and increasingly in the developing world, uh, our way of life just uses up too much natural resources. It just the planet just doesn't have enough 
stuff to continue uh, allowing all of us to live the way that we live. So to my mind, the only real solution ultimately is we have to find a way to build our cities. We have to find a way to live our lives more sustainably in a, in a way that uses fewer natural resources so that we can have a planet of nine or 10 billion people um, that can all live a decent, that can have a decent uh, life. So, so what, what do you think then is the solution? Can we do instead of sand? Well, so uh, there's sort of two levels to that question. One is um, there are, there are, there's a lot of research being done around the world by people looking at ways uh, to use less sand, like to make concrete that, that requires less sand or, uh, or ways to replace sand. There's people um, doing, looking into ways to use uh, desert sand for making concrete because desert sand doesn't usually work. It's the wrong shape. Um, or people using alternative materials like uh, uh, shredded plastic or bamboo or, or even hemp. There's, uh, I'm told there's, there's a, a way to use hemp fiber uh, to replace the sand in concrete. Um, and I think all of that is, is to the good. And all those things you know, should be supported and encouraged because every little bit helps. We can also uh, recycle to a certain extent. Um, we can recycle concrete for some applications. Um, and asphalt, which is also made mostly of sand, can be recycled. Uh, we're doing more and more of that, and we should be doing, you know, even more. But all of that ultimately is, it's a pretty small fraction. It all adds up to a pretty small fraction of the amount of, of, uh, of natural sand, virgin sand, as they call it, that we use every year. So, like I say, I mean, I, to my mind, the answer isn't, the, the question isn't really, how can we use less sand? It's how can we use less of everything? So if, for instance, one thing to think about is um, if, if we didn't, uh, if fewer of us needed cars, right? Like if we had cities that were designed such that uh, fewer people needed a car, well, the first thing that would happen is you'd need fewer homes with garages and driveways, right? If you didn't have a car, you wouldn't need a garage. You wouldn't need a driveway. Now that garages, just a garage probably takes 200 odd tons of sand to build and a similar amount for your driveway. So right away, if you can get rid of that garage and driveway, you've saved an enormous amount of sand right there. And by not having that car, you save, uh, you know, all kinds of other raw materials, the metal and the glass and the rubber and everything else that goes into that car. And that sounds, you know, a little crazy at first blush, like, how am I going to get rid of my car? But you know, there's a lot of effort going into building cities uh, more densely and in ways where you can use public transit more or where you can use other people's cars, right? By using services like Lyft and Uber, we are moving in some ways towards a world in which at least some people, a larger number of people, won't need cars. And if we can continue that motion, that'll really help cut down not only on our use of sand, but on all kinds of other natural resources as well. Those little changes individually add up, and if everyone does it, then uh, overall we're living more sustainably. Exactly, exactly. You know, at the end of the day, like I say, I, I just, I was absolutely floored. I had never thought about sand before. Hardly anybody ever thinks about it, but, but it turns out to be the most important solid substance in the world, which I found not only really fascinating, but ultimately, you know, I, I think it's, it's very, very important uh, for all of us to understand the, you know, that our civilization literally depends on sand 
And the fact that we're running out of it really should make everybody sit up and, and, and take notice. Indeed, indeed. Uh, you were just listening to uh, Mr. Vince Beiser. He's the author of The World in a Grain, The Story of Sand and How It Transforms Civilization. And uh, Mr. Beiser, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.